0: This message was presented at the DYC 2013 conference before man and angels in Orlando, Florida. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.dycweb.org. The topic, maybe you've heard about it all your life, you hear the great controversy, the great controversy, but what is it really? What are the themes that are being discussed? What is happening? And what are the things that are at stake? What are we to watch for? And uh, we had five seminars covering this topic. This one is the last one. But don't worry, we'll catch you up to speed. And we will start with this story. When God was here on earth, when Jesus was walking on earth, He used one parable. One parable to teach His disciples about the great controversy. Can someone tell me what that parable is? Specifically about the great controversy. It talks a lot about the conflict between good and evil, but there's one parable that talks about this topic. Who said it? The wheat and the tares. Let us turn our Bibles, and you will use your Bibles today. Amen? Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30. When Jesus was walking down this earth and he was teaching his disciples, this is how he summarized the conflict of the great controversy in a parable. And I read, Another parable he put forth to them. Who's them? Who's them? His disciples, those that were following him as well. He says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field. But while man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seeds in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat in my barn. First scene, verse 24. We started by talking about there is a man who sowed good seeds. Who is that man? It is Jesus. He sowed good seeds. That is, he created everything that was good. But as this man created things that were good, guess what happened in verse 25? But while man slept, Everything was good, but while man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Who are the men? Not those, those that have been attending, don't answer this one. But let those, how many is this your first time coming into the seminar? Amen? All right. Then who are the men? Who are the men that slept? Who are the men that slept in this parable? Let me coach you a little bit. When God made everything that was good, when God made everything that was good, and He was sowing good seeds, who were around when He was creating? The angels. But this man were sleeping. Now, I know it might sound like something out of, how can angels sleep? But in reality, this is not really the sleep that we think about. When the Bible talks about sleep, what does it mean? You can talk to me. Don't be afraid. Uh, I'm not trying to preach here. But talk to me. When men slept, what did that mean? Death. Okay. It could mean death. What else could it mean? Let us turn to the Bible. Let us turn to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13 has an exciting verse there. Mark chapter 13, verse 36. And in there it says, Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to you all, Watch. So you could say, "Sleeping is not. Come on, tell, say to me, "Sleeping is not is not watching. So this angels are not watching. Now, are they sinning? By not watching? They're not sinning, right? They're not sinning. They're just not watching. Man slept. But when these men are sleeping, what were they to watch for? Somebody tell me, what were they to watch for? In a perfect world where nothing happens, what were the heavenly angels supposed to watch for? Nothing bad happens there. It is a perfect world and it is good. What had they to watch for? Come on now, I, I, I know you read this word. What were they to watch for? Let me tell you. And I was clueless at a point. I said, what, had they, what did they need to watch for? Well, let me tell you what they had to watch for. What was the foundation of heaven? What was the foundation of heaven? The law. And the law represented the character of God. But the law was a law of love. It was not a law that you have to do this, you have to do this. God gave the law because he loved them. He wanted them to be secure. Thus, these angels had to watch for God's law. They had to be sure that they were there in the midst of all of it, that they understood that he was good. They had to watch that he was good. But then these men were not watching, and when they were not watching, guess what happened? An enemy came. Let us turn to Matthew chapter 13 again. Matthew chapter 13. Once you're there, if you could say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 25. But while men slept, while, they were, while man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, whose enemy is this? Whose enemy is this? Whose enemy is this? He says, and his enemy. God's enemy. If it was the man, it would say their enemy. But here it says his enemy. So as his enemy is coming, what does he sow? Tears. And as we summarize just briefly, Lucifer was a covering cherub. Ezekiel chapter 28. Lucifer was a covering cherub. He was close to the throne of God. He was right there in the midst of this love. He was walking among the fiery stones. But then he says, I should be like that. After all, I am so beautiful. I am perfect. I should be like God. And there, there was a conflict within his soul, and iniquity was found in him. Now, what do you think was the lie that Satan was trading with the angels to buy them into this belief? What do you think was the lie? All right? God was selfish. God was violent. But here, imagine if you saw a person. Who should we pick? Imagine you saw a very good person. He just did a very kind act. He created everything good for you. And I come to you and I say, you know what? This person is not good, he's very violent. Yes, I know he was helping us out, but he's violent. Look at how he's helping us out. It's not good. Will you follow? Will you believe me? Not really, right? So what was it that he told them that made them want to to follow him? He told them this. You do not need a law to be holy. You do not need a law to be holy. You're already in a good world. You're already comfortable. Everything is perfect in this place. You do not need a law. Why do you need a law? That shows that God is scared that you will mess up. He doesn't really trust you. And then they started thinking. And now he started sowing his tears. Let us go back to verse 25 here of Matthew chapter 13. But while men slept, his enemy and, and his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, who are the wheat? We're just summarizing here. Who are the wheat? Who did they represent? They represent God's people, right? But here comes the enemy, and he sows tares among the wheat. Now, who do you think are the first wheat? Who are the first? Who are the first? Adam and Eve. Lawlessness now meets the beautiful. They meet Adam and Eve in this world where everything was good. Here comes Lucifer. And he tells Eve the same lie. He says, Eve, you want to be wise, right? Yes, I know God says this. But let me tell you what is more relevant. Truth is not as relevant as what you think. And that is the lie that the Satan is still, is still telling us today. Truth is not as important as the knowledge that you have. He tells the angels, you are already holy, don't keep the law. God said to keep the law, but don't do it. Your knowledge is sufficient for you to know. What you think is good. After all, you're in a good world, right? Right? And there we went. And there they ate of the fruit. So now we go to verse 26 of Matthew chapter 13. But when the grain has sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. When sin was planted in this world, a crop started. To grow and this crop when it started to grow it started to give a deformation of the face of God it started it started to cause people to question and this is in verse 27 to question the character of God and then they questioned him and In chapter 13, verse 27, it says, And if, sorry, chapter 13, it says here, verse 27, So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seeds in your field? Now we have a controversy. Here is a God, here is a man. That sowed good seeds, the man sowed good seeds, but now they are tares. And there's a crop. And now, before men and angels, people are starting to question is God really good? How many of you have experienced sin? I have. Just once? All right. How many of you have experienced sin? All of us have. Is it a good experience? Your knowledge might tell you, "Ooh, this is amazing," but let me tell you what: it will destroy you. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. But then there's still people that think that this God is not good. And what are the issues at stake? What do you think will cause us to question God? After all, we have the word of God, but we still struggle. Why? What are those things? Then we go now to verse 28. The Bible will answer us. And then the servants, and then he said, who's the he here? Who's the he? It is, you said it. It is the Son, it is a Sower, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. He says, "He said to them, an enemy has done this." So here is a controversy. God's character is at stake. People are going through hard times. There is a crop that has sprouted out with the wheat. We're going through struggles. We're not, you know, things are just tough for us. And I want to share with you an experience I had. I remember just this year, my dad and my sister are there. Just this year, we lost our mother three months ago. October 10th, it was my brother's birthday. On October 10, my mother passed away. I flew in, I was there, and then I started to question. I said, well, God, why do you do this? I prayed since the month of January about an hour every day for my mother. An hour every day I prayed for my mother, but yet she passed away on October 10. And I started to question. I said, God, aren't you good? But let me tell you something. Nothing with God is ever lost. Sometimes God, like Pastor Torres told us, gives us time because we have to build our own characters. We want the devil to be destroyed immediately, but we don't want us to be destroyed. After all, we both have sin. And the wages of sin is what? But God gives us time. He gives us time because this is for our sake. So, God gave me time on October 10. On October 2020, My aunt passed away a day before my sister's birthday. As we were flying to go to Madagascar, I remember we had to tell my dad that both his wife had passed away, but now his sister had passed away. Everything in that story will make you want to accuse the one that sowed good seeds, right? But let me tell you what, an enemy has done this. There is sin in this world. And if we don't realize that God is working out something good in us, we will start to question the good sower. Let us read on from chapter 13. And as I will tell you more about the story, chapter 13, verse 28, the latter part. He said He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants, who are the servants now? They're not the wheat. Remember, the wheat are the people of God. The tares are the people of the sons of the devil. But now the servants, who are the servants? Let us read. Let us go to verse uh, 38. Verse 38 in the same chapter. The field is a world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked. And verse 39... The enemy who sowed them is what? The devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. So who are the servants? Before men and angels. And now the angel said, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? Let me tell you what, beloved. The angels also hurt when we hurt. The angels have a groaning within themselves for us to realize that God is a good God. They questioned him, but they realized at the cross who he was. They had made their decision at the cross, a final decision that this man is a good sower. And they want us to realize that as well. So then they say to God, God, you know what? Let us go and take out the tears. How many of you, if you saw something bad, you would just want to stop it right there? Most of us. And sometimes we ought to do that. But now if that bad person was us, If that bad person was us, how would we want God to deal with us? We would want mercy. And this is what God says in verse 29. I tell you, folks, this parable is deep. In verse 29, it says, But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you uproot the wheat with them. Let me tell you, folks, the reason why we're in this world is to build our characters. Yes, it's a messed up world. We are not, this is not our home. But God says, you need character building. You need character buildings. The only thing you will ever take to heaven is what? Not your car, not your money, your character and those that you win for Christ. Does God tells the angels, no, lest you destroy the wheat as well. Now, in Palestine, let us do some little history here. In Palestine, this type of tares was called darnel. And darnel, when it grew, when it was, you know, in the growing period, it looked exactly like the wheat. It will grow and it will look exactly so. If you are prudent trying to get out the wheat, you might, well, get out the tares. You might pull as well the wheat. And Darno at a young age looked exactly, exactly like the wheat. But when Darno grows, it needs maturity. Then you can tell the difference. I hope you got that. If you got that, say amen. Darnell needed maturity in order for you to be able to tell the difference between the wheat and the tares. You know, when I was dealing, as I told you, with my mother and my, my aunt passing away in just a matter of a, about two weeks, I started to process in my mind, God, God, why do we have to deal with death? Why do we have to deal with sin? God, is this really fair? I just started pastoring. I gave you my life. But let me tell you what. We will never know how much we owe to sorrow. We will never know how much we owe to sorrow to build our characters. You know what God told me as I was praying? You know what he told me? He said, my son, I died for your sins. Your choices leads to death. I died for you that you may live a permanent life with me. This life is but temporary. Your mother, your aunt, whoever, whatever pain you're going through, it is not permanent, amen? It is not permanent, but it is temporary. Let us turn to 2 Timothy. In this great controversy, we need a change of perspective Second Timothy Chapter. Oh. I'm so sorry here. I'm about to. Uh get there. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 5. It says here, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the word be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. What is God telling us here? He says, Yes, I know you will go through hard times, but preach the word. You know the best favor you could do for somebody that's going through pain? The best thing you could do for him is not, you know, well, it's nice to comfort them. But the best thing you can do for them is to preach the Word. Because if you do so, Jesus Christ will come sooner. Death will have a period. All of those things will be done. And our characters will be refined as we preach the Word. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure Sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will hip up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, and this is the key word, but you, but you, be watchful in all things. How did the enemy sow his tears? Because men were sleeping. How did the enemy sow his tears again? Because men were sleeping. If they were awake, what would have happened? Nothing. Thus, he tells us, "You're in the same danger today. It might happen to you." So he says, "Be watchful in." all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry you know i have been through war 3 times my family and i we've been through th- civil war probably about another 3 times as well that is that accurate about three times. We've experienced coup d'etats probably about four times. In the state of war I remember I was there. I was there in Congo and we were going to school and when we were going to school I remember this radio channel called RFI. It was a French channel, I grew up speaking French I had to learn English, the Lord blessed. Praise the Lord, now you can understand me. But for a big, a very long time, I only spoke French. And this channel was in French, so praise the Lord, I could understand. And as it was being played, I heard of rumors of war. I heard of rumors of war, the rebels are going here, they're going there in Goma, they're going here, Lumbubashi, they're going there. And after the first while, you know, after some time, they will play a commercial. And then some other days later, I will hear again, the rebels are here, the rebels are there, the rebels are here, they're coming closer. But then the commercial made everything just appear like, wow, nothing is really happening. We had a driver at the time, his name was Goy. And we needed a driver because Africa, sometimes, the roads could get intense. Now, I want to tell you, there's some really nice roads there, but some roads are intense. Just like here, there's some roads that are intense. But this road was very intense, and as Goy was driving, he turned up the radio channel. And as he was turning up the radio channel, I heard again the announcement of, you know, The rebels are coming here. They're attacking there. They're getting closer to the capital city, which was Kinshasa. And at that time, when I heard that announcement, I started being very anxious. I said, oh, no, what is going to happen to me? All I could think about was my mama and my daddy. I said, I want them now. But then there was another commercial, and I felt calm again. You know, there's this car being sold there. This is happening. A politician came to town, and he started talking. And then I was starting to live for the commercials. And then the fear started going away again. I was not being watchful. And then one night I remember. One night as we were sleeping, I saw my dad and my mom. They looked like something was going on, and they were talking, going around, and doing some things, and the house really became intense. And then all of a sudden, I see a blue car that comes the next day. It's a blue car. It pulls into the driveway. My parents tell us we have to go now. To the border and take a boat. This whole time I was not ready. I was not watching. Imagine if I did not have my parents and folks catch this your parents could represent God the Father watching over you. Imagine if I didn't have my parents that were watching over me, and that I realized they loved me, I would have been destroyed. I would have died. There was no way I could have run to the border, a six-year-old, running away from bullets and bombs and being like, I'm going to do this, I am fine. No, I'd have been done. But I knew my parents were good. And I knew that they will get me to the other side. Let me tell you what, it was tough going through those times, but we made it, right? We made it, they're here. And this is the same way with the good sower. Let us read from Matthew chapter 13 again. Matthew chapter 13, I don't have too much time with you, beloved, but I want you to get this word. Matthew chapter 13, now verse 29. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 29, and I'll read to verse 30. But he said, no, lest you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. You know what, folks? This world is not permanent. Amen? Everything that you're going through will end. But what is the word from 2 Timothy chapter 4? Preach. Fulfill your ministry. Be watchful. In this great controversy, sometimes it calls us to have spiritual, what I call spiritual Alzheimer's. We have a great experience. Probably we hear like that news. Oh, you know what? We went to GYC. The Lord is coming soon. We're excited. But then there's that commercial, that football game. There's the media. There's that girlfriend or that boyfriend. And they're speaking smooth words. Don't worry. We'll have a future together. Don't worry about that Bible. Let us make money now. Focus on your studies. Don't, don't focus too much on the word of God. You need to build a career. And then you go to church again. You just hear the pastor said, you know what, Jesus is coming again. And you say, oh my, the feelings again. But then on Monday, you have homework. Uh-huh. Then after homework, maybe you do, you're not in school. You have work. You see your employee and they're telling you, well, the things are running out. Boss, you got to do this or you got to do this and do that. And then life goes on again. The commercials start playing. But let me tell you what, like those men that slept, like those men that slept, an enemy will come. In Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. It says here, therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you dwell in them. You who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to who? For the devil has come down to you. Sorry. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you. Having a great wrath because he knows his time. He has a short time. He's coming with a great wrath and he's trying to sift you out. Only those that will stand are those that watch. What does watching look like? Spend some more time with God in prayer. Be more honest with your spiritual life. Stop playing games. If you're tired, tell Jesus, Jesus, I need some help. I do not want to be a faker. Help me to be an overcomer. Being watching is forgiving. I know in this room there are probably some hurts. But do yourself a favor. I did myself a favor by forgiving people. Being watchful is being involved in your local church. Remember what 2 Timothy chapter 4 says. Preach the word. Ladies, men, be a missionary. Being watchful is having a devotional life. Don't try to do the big stuff and say, you know what, today I'm going to pray for two hours. Start with the real question. Can I even pray for a minute? Your mind will start going to all sorts of things and you will just fool yourself. Say, I will pray for five minutes today, for 10 minutes the next week, for 20 minutes the next day, and then you reach to that two hours. But ask the real questions in your life and fulfill your ministry. Because I have good news. He will gather you into his barn. Revelation. This will be our last verse. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Verse 20. In this great controversy... When the image of God is being distorted, there is a sure word in the Bible. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, it says, He who testifies to these things says. He who testifies to these things. Now let me stop here. Let me just give you a synopsis of this because this could be a sermon of its own. How do we overcome the evil one? In Revelation, what does it say? How did they overcome that dragon? By the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. Today, people don't have testimonies because they don't experience spiritual victories. But you need that testimony. And what is that testimony? Is being real with God. This is what He has done in my life. And it says, for I testify to everyone, sorry, he who testifies to these says, God has a testimony. Amen. Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, as we're engaged in this great controversy, maybe as we even walk outside this door, we will experience it, Father. But Lord, teach us what it means to watch. Help us to be real with you, Father, and to have genuine repentance. For Lord, some of us here don't believe. I knew at the time I I lacked belief. But Father, help our unbelief. For you said in the word that you are good and we know you are good. Father, help us to make that practical in our life, that truth. May you be with my friends here, Lord. As the devil is coming with a great wrath to them, help them to realize that he's a defeated foe. That by following him, if you listen to his word, he has nothing to offer but loss. Father, he's trying to lie to us that this world is permanent. And the world to come is temporary. But in reality, this world is temporary. But the world to come, that barn, is permanent. Help us to live that way, Father. Father. And, Lord, come quickly, even so, come quickly. Be with us all. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, please visit us online at www.gycweb.org.